Here we go, folks. We're back with Inside Middle Tennessee on a moderate weather day. We're not used to this moderate. It's either one or the other. Yeah. You know? And it can't make its mind up. Yeah. <laughs> it can't. But we'll take it. We'll take it. I'll take it today. We will take it. I'll tell you what, folks. We've got a little bit of a light crew here today, but we got most of the important players here. <laughs> I'm Jim Ross. I'm kind of the zookeeper around here. We've got Terry Wilcox on the board. Thank goodness. If he doesn't show, folks, neither does the show. So we're glad <laughs> to have him here. Coach James Dickerson. Good morning. And all, Sarah Elizabeth Hickman McLeod. Good morning. Minus her appendage. My mother is not with us today. And all, well, we hope she's doing okay. We miss her. Absolutely. What is she doing today? She did not feel well this morning. So oh, she really? said she was going to stay at home today. Okay. Hope she gets feeling better. Yes. Mm-hmm. I kind of get it. You know, this kind of weather makes my sinuses go nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's dealing with, upper respiratory. So, it, <sighs> You know, it's all over the place. How are the schools? The schools got much sickness going on in them, Coach? You're yeah, aware of? they are. Trap throat. Really? Mm-hmm. Strap throat's been raging since it November. Has. Big time. Matter of fact, wife's been home two days with it. I had it in November, and then I had it again in December. Wow. It's rough. Aren't you lucky? It's so mm-hmm. great. You know, it's funny. I've, I heard a lot of people, it kind of goes along with having COVID, too. There's a lot. It pairs up. And the people that have them both say the strep is a lot worse than the COVID. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. As far as how it all makes you feel. I got to tell a quick story, guys. Sure. Girls. Uh, I was with some group of people, uh, and I... And I'm getting old. I don't remember where I was at, but we was talking about your mom. Oh, no. <laughs> and they said, well, we love Miss Hickman. Said that uh, I was a bad student. I was, I didn't, I wasn't real smart, but she'd verbally give me my test and it'd be a ABC question. And she'd come to me and said, well, what's the answer on this question? And you sure don't want to pick C. <laughs> and said that she really helped him get through school. But I think I think she helped a lot of people. She did survive eleventh grade and tenth grade English. Mm. So now, what did she teach? Exactly? She taught American literature. So eleventh was it grade. AP though? No, it was not. It was accelerated. So what's the difference? Uh, AP is co- you get collegiate credit. Mm-hmm. Um, accelerated is just a higher step than just regular English. Okay. So, <laughs> whatever it's you say. whatever you make. It it's all tied to how you test. One's academic scholarship, and the other's not. Yeah, one's <laughs> like you're going the collegiate path, accelerated. You're going the collegiate path, and the other one is if you're going vote vocational that kind of stuff maybe oh, yeah. everybody's probably screaming at me at the radio on the uh, in their cars this morning especially my dad probably he's like that's all right there that's all right so that is my knowledge of the school so, so there <laughs> so there but um and i love the fact that if we're out and somebody sees my parents they always speak to them mm-hmm. that they were their students and then mom and them will be like you're gonna have to tell me who you are Used to, they would know a great deal, but they're getting older, so it's it's kind of funny. But I love seeing that. I've always loved that. Well, you know, there. I don't think there's a job in the school system that your father hasn't had. Well, he yeah, <laughs> he drove a bus. He was a coach. He was a PE teacher. He was a science teacher. Um, a assistant principal, assistant principal, principal, school superintendent. Yeah, he worked his way up. 
Um, he, when he was at Hampshire, he drove the bus and he also started the, um, he would start the heater at the old Hampshire high school. I don't, he would have to talk about doing that. So started the heater at the old Hampshire. Oh, good God. We're getting dated. Mm-hmm. Was it a wood stove? I don't know. Coal. But a coal. I coal. Know, maybe coal. Coal. coal stove. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he coached in the old Hampshire gym that was like an old barn or something. Old tobacco barn. Yeah. And there was a, there's a picture that hangs in our house of one of his teams. And in the back below one of the goals, it's the saying was, when you watch a sport, be a sport. And I've always loved that because that was painted on the wall behind the goal. So, yeah. And I think that needs to be in every gym. (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, considering some of the things I hear getting hurled at referees, I'm not so sure that's, uh, yeah. that holds true much anymore. But, you know, even back then, they still threw stuff at referees. Really? <laughs> yeah. I remember in 76, 77, we had a, a county tournament, <laughs> double-decker gym where I went to high school at. And uh, we was, we was going to win the tournament we weren't supposed to. I remember somebody throwing a seat cushion out from the upper deck, hitting a referee in the head. This is in 76, 77. <laughs> So yeah, they, so it was one of those little foam seekers. Yeah, it was like, wow, what's that? Boom! <laughs> of course, I was down in Auburn University, probably in seventy five, seventy six, and before they had the lights of the stadium, and it's Blue Mississippi State, and it started getting overcast. And of course, they're trying to hustle the game up, and uh, Mississippi State beat Auburn, and, and somebody throws a whiskey ball out, hits a referee walking out the gate. You know, I, I you know, it's it's always been violence against the referees. It ain't Poor, just happened. I, that yeah, that's a thankless. <laughs> Yeah, you know <laughs> the one I remember, Coach. This is way back in the days. Ray Mears is the coach <laughs> of the University of Tennessee, <laughs> and we play. He plays Vanderbilt at Memorial Gym, and at Memorial Gym at the time was relatively new. You know, and they've got an elevated floor. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of sits below it or whatever. Ray Mears is the ultimate showman. I mean, he puts Bruce Pearl to shame. I mean, he 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 is mm-hmm. it. He he gets he wears this orange blazer. The first guy to do it. He's in Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt had a uh, back then was considered a basketball school, mm-hmm. and was a very good basketball school. This is uh, Roy Skinner. Yeah, and was a coach and things like that. And Mears at the first of the game before the game started would get up there. And he would stand up on the floor, and he would parade himself up and down the floor in that <laughs> orange blazer. And I can guarantee you, if there was one, there was 20 oranges that came flying through the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> trying to hit him, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, it was, it, it was just – and he knew exactly what he was doing, mm-hmm. you know, doing it all on purpose. He did. And all, so he he was having he was having a big time. So anyway, coach, we got some NFL football, and I'm talking about some uh, some you know we're getting we're getting down to the nitty gritty now. We're getting we're getting rid of the wild carders. We're getting down to the to some of the better teams now. Most definitely, you got the uh, Saturday games. You got the Kansas City Chiefs playing going to Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, Chiefs are favored by nine points. And then Saturday evening, the Philadelphia Eagles goes to New York Giants. And what a what a venue that's going to be, Philadelphia-New York Giants game. I mean, they just rock throw from each other. Well, I think it's vice versa. I yeah. think the Giants are going to the Eagles and okay. the Jags are going to the Chiefs. Yeah, because okay. they were the bye, the bye games. That's right. Teams I got them backwards on the sheet here. But what got, what got me, though, Coach, on here is that the spread 
I mean, that's pretty high for an NFL spread, a dime point. It is. And, and a playoff game. That's big. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you would think they would be. Two or three points, you know. Yeah. You would think they would be more like Sunday's games. Mm-hmm. Where we got the Cincinnati uh, Bengals taking on Buffalo at Buffalo, and Buffalo's a five-point favorite, and the Cowboys, who are kind of, I guess they're kind of a surprise, aren't they? No, they they they're pretty they're good. Playing pretty good ball. Yeah, they have. And they're going to the Forty ers and the Forty ers are are a three and a half. Well, what about the Forty ers quarterback. Hmm. I mean, you know, the last player draft the NFL last year. Oh, Brock was a Brock Purdy out of Purdy. Yeah. I was Iowa State. Uh huh. Yeah. Quarter, starting quarterback for down is what is the story? Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, he was the very last player taken in the draft. Really? Yeah, he's starting quarterback, and uh, he's uh, like seven and zero right now. That's almost Brady esque. Yeah, you know yeah, what was Brady? Right. The sixth round or the fourth round? Something like that when he was taken. Yeah, out of Michigan. It was a miss for the first five or six rounds <laughs> <laughs> when you considered the players that went in front of him. Very definitely. Well, we also got basketball mm-hmm. that's been rocking and rolling, and SEC has been well represented. We got Alabama, who's right now is currently ranked number four, right, fifteen and two. And uh, they're going to take on Missouri. Missouri was ranked there for a while; they're mm-hmm. not at the moment, and uh, and that's going to be five o'clock on SEC Network tomorrow. By the way, Missouri's coach was Tennessee's old coach, Conzo Martin. Conzo, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever happened to Conzo? Because he's not there at Missouri anymore, I don't believe. No, they let him go. Yeah, but has he landed anywhere? I had no, I don't know of anywhere he's at right now. I, I don't either. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then you got uh, Tennessee is going down to LSU. At, that'll be at, on ESPN at 3 o'clock. Be a good game. Kind of depends on which one shows up. Tennessee has been playing better ball on the road than they've been playing at home. And you can catch both games on the radio uh, right here. And what radio station might that well, be? Well, the station you listen to at 101 will have the Alabama-Missouri uh, pregame starting at 4. And then the Tennessee at LSU will be on 103.7, the pregame starting at 2.30 tomorrow. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got Auburn at South Carolina. That's 2.30 at SEC Network. Ole Miss is at Arkansas. Arkansas is currently ranked. 1 o'clock on ESPN2. Texas A&M at Kentucky at 1. Kentucky is doing their standard yearly thing where they play like junk in December. And about mid-January, they start figuring it all out. Everything starts to roll. Yeah, they get all these one-and-donners, and and these one-and-donners decided that they can start playing together or they buy in the Calipari system, and then here they come again. So they're looking at their draft stock. Yeah. They got to hit the tournaments. They got to play well. So they mm-hmm. start playing good. Kentucky's going to be a tough out later on in the season. I tell you, Auburn's playing super good right now. Auburn's lost yeah. three games this season. And they're climbing. Auburn. They are. Auburn was way up in the rankings, went down, and now they're coming back up. But that's typical, too. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Tennessee's playing super good. Uh, Alabama's playing good. So it's going to be an interesting tournament this year. And also, what's good about it, the tournament's going to be held in Nashville, Tennessee, SEC men's tournament. At right. the Bridgestone oh, Arena. Arena. Right. Yeah. Which is, has been there, I don't know, it was in Birmingham last year or, or Atlanta? Uh, I think it was Atlanta last year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Bridgestone has hosted the SEC tournament uh, several times. It has. Mm-hmm. You know? And I love it up there. You know, I, I like it when they have it there because you can go there and watch a couple of good basketball games. And really expensive, but, you know, the only thing you got to fight is traffic. 
Yes. I was going to say, Coach, tell everybody how much fun you had the other night going down well, to it's, Yeah, we went to Nashville Tuesday night and watched the Bama and Bandy game, which uh, it was a good game, but uh, we left here about 5.15. It took us three hours to get to the inside the uh, Coliseum at Vanderbilt. And so I told somebody, I said, I could drive to Tuscaloosa quicker than I could drive to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's, it's something else. And then what got me about it, too, that we got rerouted because there's a bad record in the state, and I know up on Concord Road, we got some people ahead of us said you need to get off somewhere and come the back way. We got off in Franklin and come up through uh, Brentwood. Close, we got to Nashville, the the old West Seventh Highway out in front of us before they finished it. Yeah, was nice compared to some of them roads we was on in Davidson County the other night. I mean, it was like hitting manholes out there. It's, it's like, in other words, it's rattling the fillings it out of your was. teeth. It was. I tell you what, I, I couldn't believe it. But we had a good time. Coach, been listening to a little little bit of uh, uh, prognostication about football a little bit. And the big question seems to be about uh, Alabama and, and Georgia folks kind of riling up Nick Saban, which is a very valid point. You know, that's not the guy that you really want to antagonize. But what is Alabama, you think, going to do next year for, uh, on the quarterback end? Any, any, uh, may the best man win. You know, there'll be a competition. You know, they got some four and five star recruits down there like Georgia has. But, uh, you know, it, it's anybody's, it's anybody's right now. Somebody always steps up. And, you know, we're, we're quarterback deep as well yeah, right now. We've got, Two new freshmen incoming, and then, of course, you got the other two that's there, Ty Simpson kid from over West Tennessee. And uh, that's, that's four or five there. And it's, Was uh, he at Jackson? Huh? Was he at Jackson? No, he, he was from over in uh, West Tennessee. I forget the name of the school. It was a little two-way school he played at. What, Milan? No, it wasn't Milan. Uh, I forget the name of it. His daddy's the head coach at UT Martin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good player. Yeah, got a good arm on him. We got to watch him throw the ball a lot at practice and stuff. We went down there on a Thursday before they left for Sugar Bowl and watched you know, a bunch of them kids throw and stuff. Well, for all those Alabama fans that always sit here and worry about all this stuff, which I don't think they worry too much, but somebody has always stepped up. Yeah. You know, I mean, Matt Jones had to start. Look at what, look what kind of player he turned out to be. He just stepped right in there, game management and – and, uh, then we as football fans, we evaluate schedules coming up this coming fall, and Alabama's probably got the top one or two toughest schedules in the country, and Georgia's sitting over there with one of the weakest schedules in the country. Yeah. I mean, if you look who they play in, Sanford, Austin P, and several other, man, it's just amazing. They were looking at the, the toughest game that Georgia has on their schedule is Tennessee. Yeah. You know, hmm. That's the toughest one. Yeah, by far. Yeah. And so it's just kind of it's just kind of interesting how that's going to wind up. Right. All right, folks, it's time for us to take a break. We're going to pay a, a few bills, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Financial is a full-service financial planning firm. What we mean by that is we work with young clients, assisting budgeting and Ross, young families with college planning, life and disability insurance, older clients as they bring in 401k rollovers, seek advice with estate and tax planning, and finally with elderly clients when it comes to the distribution phase of their retirement and long-term care options. This is Marianne Stevick with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello. This is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry. Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. Oh, we're back. We're back. You know, everybody thought we were gone. Yeah. <laughs> everybody hoped well, nope. we were gone. We're here. <laughs> we're here. We're here. You know. So today's history moment is brought to you by a story that my grandmother, Mildred Martin Hutcherson, used to tell. Um, growing up here in Columbia, she grew up in Columbia. She was born here. That's my mom's mom. And she used to talk about when Gene Autry and his horse. All right, uh, what, what years? So he came to Columbia. I don't know exactly. What was the year of her death? Do you remember that? Well, my grandmother died in 2000. Okay. So, um, and she, she, I was blessed that they have always told stories 
stories in my family about family things or memories or yeah, you know, oral history. Oral history. Down. What it was big. done for is big in thousands of yes, years. Very big in my family, but um, Audrey came to Columbia in 1938, so she was probably my mom will probably get after me. She was probably like seven or eight ish. Yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, I looked at I looked up about Gene Autry, and um, he was born in sept uh, in September of 1907, and he died in 1998 at 91. I didn't realize wow. that that he lived that long. That he lived that long. Uh, but he grew up in Texas and Oklahoma. Um, he got a guitar at the age of 12, and his first performance debut came on a local radio station in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In 1928, and he was billed as Oklahoma's yodeling cowboy. <laughs> um, he told stories and sang Jimmy Rogers' hit songs. So, uh, but his first single in 1931. Um, Do you know you know much about Jimmy Rogers? Not much. I did not go down that rabbit hole. Well, Jimmy Rogers is one of the original. And chime in here, Terry, but one of the original pioneers that yeah. formed country music into being what it is today. Yeah, I think he's over from the Bristol area, I believe. That's yeah, where that's the birthplace, that's birthplace of, of country music yeah. is Bristol. We did, I mean, I actually worked on a museum that's over <laughs> there. there. And if you, Bristol, want to learn, so. if you want to learn about Jimmy Rogers, I would highly recommend that you look at Ken Burns' documentary about country, country music, music, and yeah. you'll learn a lot about how important Jimmy Rogers and was. And I think they're actually rerunning that on they are. PBS right now. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got it recorded on my DVR, but mm-hmm. boy, he, he would, we don't understand how big a deal Jimmy Rogers really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the museum is probably the one you're talking about. It's in Bristol, mm-hmm. Tennessee slash Virginia. Yes. You can go over there. Yeah. Just uh, Brenda Lynn Allen just was part of a show there last year it's a neat so. museum there's a whole wall of records like when you walk in in the entrance um and that was interesting acquiring mm-hmm. records oh yeah on, on hey have wall. we thrown you off properly yet uh, yeah y'all feel like trying. totally we're trying that's i like that though <laughs> but <laughs> well, I, like, I like our tangents our tangents, our are, tangents, good tangents. are great and we also like educate ourselves on things so um but his hit song his first hit song do y'all know what that what that is here comes santa claus here comes santa no. claus that silver-haired <laughs> daddy of mine um so but he led to uh he was on the national barn dance radio program on wls in chicago and that made him very popular but he came to Columbia. And you know what that was the predecessor to the grand old yeah so um but he was also in movies um uh his uh, first starring role was in a sci-fi western, The Phantom Empire, in 1935. Good Lord. I know. I When I went down the rabbit hole, I went down the rabbit hole. But you went deep on I that one. I went deep. His horse was named Champion, and he mm-hmm. had a sidekick. Do y'all know what his sidekick's name was? Smiley Burnett. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, um, I rem- Terry remembers that. I remember yeah. it once you say it. Said yes. It, but yeah. Um, but anyway, he came to Columbia in 1938. He was scheduled to appear at the Prince's Theater, which was part of, of the old Bethel Hotel that was down here on the corner where uh, First Tennessee Bank is. I think it's First Horizon is now. Um, and um, 
he was on a personal appearance tour, and a few hours before the show, his press agent, George Goodell, discovered the theater sound system was on the blink, and no one in the theater knew how to repair it. Um, it surprise, was, surprise. Yes, it was panic time because um, Autry said, no sound, no show. We needed help, and we needed it fast. And he wrote a book. Uh, Autry has a book that he wrote, um, and he talked about coming to Columbia. So Goodell looked around Columbia and found the only person here could repair and worked on it, worked at the Western Union office. And that office was in the Prince in the Bethel mm-hmm. hotel. Makes sense. So, um, also there was a, the library was in there at one time. They had a, a bunch of retail yes. shops in there. On, on yes. The, was it three floors? And it, it was, was on three floors. And it was uh-huh. all on the first floor and the uh-huh. theaters on the second floor yeah, or something. Th- something like that. And there was a canteen and, or a diner or yeah. a restaurant in there. Predecessor to the mall. Yes, yes. But um, the operator uh, who was um, Mr. Orman, William A. Orman, um, he... Uh, who also had Orman Photoshop. Orman Photoshop. Behind the... Polk home. The Polk uh, sisters. Yeah. yeah. And um, also uh, Ray Burt worked for him. That's a whole... Another story, but there's a one... Another rabbit hole. Another rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but we love... Um, that West Seventh Co. has a lot of the photos of these buildings and stuff, thanks to William Orman uh, and Ray Burt and all of the photographers that worked for them. We've got a, a wonderful um, collection collection of our history in photographs. Uh, but so the operator uh, was approached to see if he could get the sound system in working order again, and he said more than likely, but he couldn't leave the office and and because he had nobody to run the wire. But, uh, but um, <laughs> the agent fun. said, look, if I get you a relief operator, will you go right over to the theater and get the, that thing working? And he said, yes, I'll do that. But where are you going to get another operator? I'm the only one in town. Well, the agent said he would go get one, and he had an idea. So Gene Autry had been a telegraph operator mm-hmm. in his youth. So, um, but it had been 10 years since he worked the wire. And tell everybody what, what they uh, used back then. Well, it was... You ta- Morse code. Morse code. Mm-hmm. So, you had to tap it out. So, yeah. Um, and that's not like a dying art, I think. What do you mean a dying art? It's dead. It's dead. <laughs> but I thought, you Nothing know... dying about it. It's, <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. But, uh, so... Uh, what, was, what was really interesting, if you watched some of these old things about those, mm-hmm. Sarah, is, is the rapidity of it. I mean, you know, it's how do you interpret that? You know, and those people could do it like it was nothing. Yes. I mean, and how do you? Tra- it's like translating it's a whole different a language, foreign language. You yeah. know, it's it's a translation. It's it's that, amazing. That's how all the naval ships talk to each other. Well, that and semaphore, yeah, yeah. flags, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so um, they hustled Gene Autry over to the telegraph office. And the um, and Mr. Orman looked up and said, "That's Gene Autry," <laughs> and so um, he thought he was ma- being made fun of or ma- have a joke made at his expense. But once he convinced, uh, once uh, convinced that the singing cowboy did indeed know how to work the wire, the operator went to the princes and repaired the show, the system. So the show went on, um, and um, it said that Autry's audience that day. Um, was thrilled to see him in person um, at the Prince's Theater. Um, but they never knew what went on before the show. Hmm. So, uh, but it was really neat. And then um, 
I, I looked in uh, Bob Duncan's book and uh, Jill Garrett's book, their wealth of knowledge, and I love to, if I have some train of thought, I go look at them first before I move forward. But Did you uh, look in Bob's favorite book? No, I did not. I don't. That's not in print yet. It's not in print yet. <laughs> not in print yet. The title of that book is "You Weren't There, So You Don't Know." <laughs> Jim Ross and I will be writing a book later in yeah. our lives together <laughs> in honor of. We Bob. hate to see what it's going to contain. <laughs> yeah. You know, we could write one just on side conversations during break that goes on during this yes, show. We could, we could. <laughs> but you couldn't print half of it. No, so. you couldn't print half of it. But, uh, but anyway, it. It said in Jill Garrett's book that actually Pat Green found a picture of Altry at the Telegraph to confirm the story. Yeah. So, um, so I thought that was was pretty cool about. Jim Where Audrey. would the Telegraph be at in the location of Columbia now? I have no clue. I mean, that, that's something that would be interesting. Yeah. Do you check the back closet in the corner back there? I bet we have a Telegraph here at the radio station somewhere. <laughs> in the, in the in, hey, considering some of the stuff they threw out and how old it yeah. was when Delt bought the station, mm-hmm. I have no doubt that it was something like There's that. Something in here. like or some equipment. Too. But Gene Autry did enlist in World War II in the Army Air Forces and served until 1945. So he was he did serve. Did he say where he was? Was stationed? Uh, it did not say where he was stationed. Um, through his popularity, he. Um, he did holiday classics. You know, we covered him mm-hmm. with the Christmas songs that, um, like, Here Comes Santa Claus, Rudolph no, the Red... Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman. He did have the Gene Autry show that was on TV from 1950 to 1956. Um, he amassed a business empire that included hotels, oil wells, broadcasting stations, music publishing companies, silver ranches, and a flying school. Huh. Um, well, it was an Army Air Force. Mm-hmm. And in 1960, he became the owner of the Los Angeles Angels. Yep. A major Forgotten league baseball team. And in 1988, he opened the Gene Autry Western Heritage Museum. Now It's now called the Autry Museum of the American West in Los Angeles. So, that's pretty cool digging on him a little Interesting bit. Interesting character. Yes. But um, it seemed like he diversified his investments a lot. So, oh, um, yeah. um, so quite a bit. You know, I was thinking about you know, when you said that he lived till 1998. It, it's funny how some of these old Western legends lived a little bit longer than you think. And one of them that comes to mind to me that I was amazed that he lived this long was Wyatt Earp. Oh, yes. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother deal. I thought Wyatt Earp was in the 18, you know, right after World War, uh, the Civil War in the 70s Mm -hmm. and the 80s. He'd been dead by probably by 1895. He lived, he was 19. uh, I would have to look that up, but he lived a long time. Yeah. So it it is, you don't think about that. And then there's a picture, and, and I may go down that rabbit hole one day because I, I bookmark stuff and I write, I have like a notepad and I write stuff down. But there's a picture of like Teddy Roosevelt and the Sundance Kid and or a whole bunch of those Western people we think of, of the legends of the West or whatever. The Wild West. It's like a big hunting party. Like they were on a hunt together. And that's like, you think of Teddy Roosevelt, like 
right after the Civil War reconstruct, you know, World War One. World War One. Yeah, it's hard to think about that, but you also think about Gene Autry and your grandparents. They saw everything from telephone, power lines, water lines. You know, some died. My grandmother died in two thousand, but she didn't see the internet. But you know, technology. Well, yeah, yeah, and but, that's that's just. <laughs> I'm kind of. <laughs> I, I'm kind of on there. You I, know, well, but. I'm on it too because I thought about that. Like we, I was in a meeting earlier this week with a bunch of people, and we were talking about how advanced cell phones had gotten. Oh, like good it lord! Start, like I remember the first ones that we had was in a bag. It was like in a little leather case yeah, bag, a bag phone, a bag phone, mm-hmm. and then we had that big silver phone. Like we now, start- I'm really going to date myself when Saved by the Bell was on. Zach Morris carried like it was a big gray <laughs> thick. We called well, it a brick. The brick. We had a brick. Uh, and then we talked about the flip phones, and we talked about the small Nokia phones, and then we have the iPhones. and like. I heard flip phones are coming back, man. Yeah, I heard that too. So, But um, it's neat to go down these rabbit holes and, and, and see what we can well, find. Well, of course, I'm, I can sit here, and I'm going to date myself. I was born in 55, and that's 10 years after World War II. Mm-hmm. We have, growing up, I can remember we had... Three television stations. Um, no, we had four. We had two, four, five, and eight. Mm-hmm. Two was ABC, four was NBC, five CBS, and eight uh, was PBS. And PBS in, uh, used to be on Channel 2, and they had this big to-do, and they did it all in one fell swoop. They flipped the channels Oh, to where... PBS, which was on Channel 2, goes over to 8, and 8, which goes down to 2. Uh-huh. And that was a, quote, big deal. Oh, yeah, the frequency switch. You know, I, I can, uh, but all we had was black and white. And I can remember also, you know, no internet. You had uh, TV, I mean, telephones. With the, with the party line. Yeah, yeah, you could have a party line. And the phone uh, numbers, that. like, Mom remembers, like, her first phone number had, like, letters in yeah, it. EV8. Yeah. yeah. EV8 is the same thing as 388. Yeah. Yep. We oh, had yeah. Twin Brook, which was TW, and then it was whatever the numbers were. Yeah. Or T Willie. That was what it was for. It was <laughs> we did the predecessor. Back, to back that. in the 50s. I yeah. know. That was very important. But you know, just, in, just in our time, Jim, I'm a little bit uh, younger than you, not much, but a little bit younger than you. But uh, what we've seen in our generations, you know, like, like the black and white TVs, uh, the first TVs, really, it's really air conditioning in the house but we had a, a a chain for our antenna outside it was an antenna you had yeah. put up mm-hmm. and uh, somebody would stand by the tv somebody would stand on the front porch somebody would stand at the corner of the house and somebody turned the antenna and all of a sudden you're trying to twist that big antenna all of a sudden <laughs> stop 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 <laughs> <laughs> go inside and watch it directional <laughs> yeah well and also with sports uh, y'all talk a lot about like games on the radio and and all that Sports, you used to not be able to, like, there was some football, but, you know, not like today. Like, you can watch any channel, any time, you know. Yeah. So. Well, you know, the big deal back then, and Coach, you'll remember this, was ABC Wide World oh, of Sports. That's it. And uh, you remember who used to be one of the one of the uh, first guys on there, and they showed him a lot? Howard Cosell. Howard, and who else was Howard tied to? Ah. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And all. And that really kind of put them 
uh, up there. It did. Coach, did, did you ever watch, did you watch the moon landing? Oh, yeah, we watched it. You remember uh, where you were? Yeah, at school. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. Well, they landed, I was 14 years old, and they landed, they broadcast it live, and it was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And I remember we got up and, and watched it on a grainy black and white uh, TV. You know, there are a lot of conspiracy theories with that. Oh, there's a ton of them. <laughs> I know a lot of people said we, we didn't go there. Somewhere in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. A soundstage did, somewhere. Did you, do you recall having the, uh, not tornado drills, but nuclear fallout drills? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everybody stick their head on the desk. My dad had a bomb shelter. We lived on Terrace Drive. He <laughs> built a bomb shelter in our basement. Seriously. Yeah. And a lot of missile people crisis. Yeah. I, yeah. They, they, they did that. Uh, we used to do an earthquake drill. We had to stick our head in the desk. Yeah. I can remember a lot and of that, that stuff. And those old metal desks. What? They protect you from inkwells. <laughs> well, we didn't have inkwells, but we had those old metal desks that had the wood seat, that curved wood seat on the top. Mm-hmm. I remember having one like that with a curved wood seat, and it flipped up, and by golly, we had an inkwell yeah, up there. We did not there. have an ink. We had a pencil oh rail. But, yeah, had that, too. But, but now it, they have tables. Then on the bottom <laughs> of the desk, you had 10,000 pieces of gum that stick under there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I shouldn't tell that. <laughs> My parents came in one time and said that there was a child at Central that would pick the gum off the bottom of the oh, desk and chew it. Coach. <laughs> ABC gum. There you Already go. been chewed. There you go. There you go. All right, folks. Well, we've been running down this yeah. rabbit hole for a long time. And we're going to uh, leave with a Gene Autry song. I'm back in the saddle again Out where a friend is a friend Where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly Jimson wheat Back in the saddle again Riding the range once more Every morning, I park my car across the street from my business, and I can't wait to get in there. That's pretty common for small business owners. We have the added satisfaction, however, of guiding hundreds of families with their retirement, education, savings, and general investments. We're a locally owned business that tries very hard to simplify a complicated world. This is Monty Sneed from Caledonian Financial in Historic downtown columbia securities and investment advisory services offered through nbc securities incorporated member finra and sipc here we go at columbia chrysler dodge jeep ram fiat you can always count on us for a great selection of late model low mileage one owner vehicles all have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go you can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool looking to sell your vehicle great news we're paying top dollar for your trade all makes all models and in any condition trade in and trade up today at columbia chrysler dodge jeep ram fiat you can count on us Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. 
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. We're welcome back to Inside Middle Tennessee. And again, we're getting off on another tangent. You know, we always do. We're, yeah, we're kind of talking about how this show is therapy for about half of us. It is therapy, <laughs> and it keeps me researching. It keeps me on your toes, on my toes, to figure out something to talk about, some historical thing to talk about. And I do as I try to do a smattering of American history, local history, random things. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, it keeps us all, I think, kind of uh, engaged. Mm-hmm. And also, one of the things I like about it, as much as anything, too, is that it keeps us engaged in what's going on in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, having, having Scott come in like he normally does. With the state stuff. It, it's amazing. You've, we find out stuff that other people ask about all the time. If you go into uh, Facebook pages like I Heart Columbia, people always ask questions about certain things. And most of the time it's like, hey, I know the answer, you know, because, you know, Scott keeps us very well informed on all the road work that's going on, all the businesses, and all the new tax laws when they come down, usually in the, in July and stuff. So it's uh, very, very beneficial for sure. Well, also, Terry, what, what he's doing, too, and what Scott does, which I think is a pretty valuable service, is he's telling us what government is doing. Mm-hmm. There, are, if, if there are other shows out there that if you want to have political infighting and beat each other over the head, uh, y'all go right ahead. But that's not the purpose of this show. No, we're, no, it's not. No, this we're here's not to doing inf- that. It's to inform, and that's exactly what it does. Yeah, yeah. You know, because there are things; those wheels keep on turning, and there are projects that keep on moving. And mm-hmm. you know, we need to know what's going on and what is actually happening, as opposed to prognostication. So what to speak. It, what this show does exactly what Dale Kennedy Kennedy Broadcasting is praying over the uh, airways every day. We're here to promote. We're here to unite. 
what's happening in Murray County. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's what we do. And, uh, of course, uh, we're, we're blessed to, to have the Kennedys on the station. But, you know, what we do, we have fun on this show. Jim, you've been the longest guy on here, and I've been on and off this thing for years. And uh, this is a great show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have fun with it. We do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if we – I don't know what I would do if I couldn't throw Sarah Elizabeth off. It's fun. <laughs> you know. Well, and we, we've got. If she gets going, it's, it's my job to throw her off. <laughs> we get we get to the point at I review it at the house with Mama or Sean or Daddy or whatever I'm going to talk about. I, so I throw it out and let them listen. And um, Mama will go, you better look that up. They're going to ask that. <laughs> so I'll go look up more stuff because. You get prepped. I get prepped, but we also, we all bring different knowledge to the table, especially Scott's got a history degree like me. Mm-hmm. He, he knows his specialty is World War Two, and he knows a lot about that and sports history too. So that, you know, all of us bring, you have local history and sports history too. So it all helps us, but it makes a unique show. This is not a scripted show. We just... How we oh, go. there is no telling where we go. No, it's just you know it's most of the time. I mean, we never get mad at each other. No, we always no. Uh, laugh and cut up. And, yes. and when, when the show's up, we carry oh, on we gig each other. Yeah, yeah. we do. Well, gig, you better have your alligator skin no. on no. when yeah. you come in here. <laughs> and I never know what you guys are going to throw at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's tame it's, compared. It's true. It's you true. know, speaking of some things, though, you know, talking about community events. This is Friday. Yeah. And we do have some things going on. And in fact, there's the Winterfest Beer Blast that's uh, going on. Great event. On. Great event. Great event over at the factory starting at six. And it's going to benefit Columbia Cares mm-hmm. nonprofit. And so come on over there, folks. Tickets to the Winterfest Beer Blast are $35 a person. And it is a 21 year old and up event. It, I went last year, Sean and I went last year. It was a very nice event. Very interesting event because they had different beers and stuff. It was it was nice. Yeah, and you can sample as much as you want. Bring a designated driver with you. Yeah, <laughs> there's also Columbia Cars and Coffee at the mm-hmm. third Saturday of the month, and uh, they gather auto enthusiasts gather at the corner of East Seventh and Woodland, mm-hmm. commonly known as Motor Alley, starting at seven a.m. on Saturday. 7 a.m. on Saturday, I will not be up. Yeah, it's early. They, that's why it's cards and coffee. They get it done early. They get it done early. That's right. Mount that, Pleasant has an, an abominable, abominable movie night. That too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't pronounce that at all. Abominable? Abominable snowman. Abominable. Yeah. You know, going on. So there's, you know, there's always something. Yeah, and we'll have some of the uh, people from downtown from uh, – Kelly Murphy and uh, Kelly Johnson, they always come in on Fridays at 11 o'clock, and we go through Del Kennedy's front porch happenings, where we'll go through all of those, thanks to Jay Powell for putting that column out. And uh, and there'll be somebody usually from each event will usually drop by, along with different musicians will come by sometimes. And uh, uh, that's all we, every Friday from 11 to 12, that's uh, part of my, my show. And today, especially, I'll be here till 3 o'clock today. Uh-oh. Because Uh-oh. the gentleman who's normally on from 12 to 1 is out of town. So uh, Clayton has uh, told me I can go ahead and extend T. Willie's Town Mix from 10 o'clock all the way till 3 today. You got any uh, surprises for us? I don't today. I didn't. Are you going to play a polka today? 
you know, I could. <laughs> I, <laughs> I grew up with the polka music, so I know that very, very I well. I wanted to play some more Gene Autry. Oh, yes. Like, oh, a three set of Gene Autry. <laughs> well, I, I, I did his Christmas stuff during at, uh-huh. on my Christmas show, so... Had a couple some surprise guests. Yes, well, not surprise. I planned it, but Sean Carson and Brenda Lynn Allen and uh, my buddy Don McKinnon, who plays locally here in town. He's also the bowling coach at Spring Hill, and he does all he hosts all the trivia shows. He stopped by yesterday, uh, a good friend of mine, and we talked. Well, tell us and, the one you mentioned earlier that did somewhere over the somewhere over the rainbow. Uh, if you listen to my show, you hear me play Tom Worth music. It's Worth with a U W U R T H. Check out. His on Facebook or YouTube, somewhere over the rainbow. It is, in my opinion, and just my opinion, the greatest version I have ever heard of that song, even better than Kermit the Frog. But, uh, <laughs> but, but he doesn't, and I'll tell you, last night's show, he was there with uh, John Ford Coley from England, Dan and John Ford Coley, and Billy Dean. But that when he played that song, that was the last song he played for the evening. It the crowd just erupted, it was amazing. And it's emotional. It just it just makes you feel warm all over. How many people do you think was there last night? It, it was almost sold out. Uh, I don't know what the theater holds. Franklin Theater is a beautiful, beautiful venue for it to go see an event. I've seen Richard Marks there. I got to see uh, Buddy Jewel there a few months ago. But what an amazing thing they've got there. And there's such a variety. You can go to their, just go to Franklin Theater and check out their website, all the shows that are coming up. Mm-hmm. So It's uh, a lovely historic theater it is uh and it, it's it's great. it does remind you of columbia's the old polk theater mm-hmm. that was it's laid my, out yeah. pretty much the yeah. same it was before my time but i i wrote a national register nomination for a theater in lewisburg um and those theaters they, they're just something about them it well, takes mm-hmm. you back to the golden era of hollywood yep. and you know and the their things, art deco and and all that well they, they got a stage yes i mean it's it's yeah. not it's not yeah. like a contemporary movie theater where you just got a big screen down there, and you and you've got uh, seats that go almost straight up. I mean, you had a flat area down front, mm-hmm. and that's why and an orchestra yeah. pit, mm-hmm. which they had in Franklin, yeah. and then you've got an actual stage. In fact, uh, I was at, uh, this is several years ago, but we went to Franklin Theater, and I saw My Fair Lady. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. in the Franklin Theater up on the stage, had an orchestra pit and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess who I sat right next to at a cafe table. Literally from me to you, hmm. Vince Gill. Really? Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Vince came in. The funny thing about it was that these tables had four people on them. Mm-hmm. And our table, we had three or four at our table. He was the table right next to us. He came in with Amy Grant. Mm-hmm. And these two older ladies were sitting at this table, but they didn't have anybody else there with them. They sat down next to him, and these uh, they had no idea who Amy Grant was. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, they were talking, you know, well, I'm whatever. And she said, I'm Amy Grant. When she said, I'm Amy Grant, you should have heard the squalling that went on from these two ladies. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you could have heard them all over the theater, just like, oh, my God. You're here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Vince Gill used to come with the, he's friends with, was friends with the, old belmont coach and when they were scouting bird when yep. he was scouting Vince big, Gill, big friends yeah he yeah. would come to the central basketball sure games. i i remember sitting there playing his day as a a kid in elementary or middle school and we were at the ball game and here come walks in Vince Gill, and you just sit there for a minute like there's Vince Gill at a basketball <laughs> game in columbia okay you know coach i'm trying to think of who else we have had 
scout Columbia basketball. Did we ever have Patino come down here looking at somebody? I don't remember Patino ever coming. I remember Gene Stallings walked in there one night. Yeah. I'm sure my dad could probably tell us about people coming in. And then Coach Colley was the coach when I was in school, and his his brother, Mark. He had a hell of a run. And Mark Colley, his brother, would come in. Yeah, I just just interviewed him. He just performed out at Rory Fick's place last Mm -hmm. month. I ran into Mark Carley in Tuscaloosa back last fall at a ball game. I was sitting with some Collinwood folks we're good friends with, and and, uh, we went to concession stand all of a sudden. uh, Mark Carley walked up, started talking to us. Where, now, where they're from Lawrenceburg? Or Collinwood, from, Tennessee. Collinwood. Okay. Wayne County. Yeah, yeah Wayne, Wayne County. Yeah, Wayne but, yeah, Co- Coach Colley at Central had a good run. That, those were those were good. Like, those that time from 93 on to when I graduated, those were good boy basketball time and girls, too, at Central. Oh, you talk about the uh, – the old magic gym out there, that was a magic gym. I love the gym. And, you know, you better get there an hour and a half early because you're not getting a seat. No. Sometimes you couldn't get in the gym because there's so many people in there. Especially during tournament time, even with that catwalk they had oh, where yeah. Barry Duke would mm-hmm. sit for the radio station, they would have seats. They would bring seats from the chairs from the cafeteria and line them up the catwalk. And I remember sitting on that catwalk watching games as a child. And I thought that was the neatest thing. And you're talking about the magic gym. My dad and Sean and Ellie Grace and I went and watched the Central Boys and Girls play last Friday night in the new gym. And sitting there for a few minutes, I was like, this is not the same. But uh, <laughs> but it's that gym for that generation, you know. But we you, had that classic gym. I've always said this. And, and I pro- you probably think, your dad thinks like a... How would you not build a school around that old gym and keep it? Well, architecturally and structurally, that gym had some structural issues. issues. They they studied it. Dad was in because Dad was dressed. It had a wooden roof up there. Uh And when Dad played basketball, it had skylights in it. So sixty, sixty eight, sixty seven, sixty eight, sixty nine, and he talks about one game. And I think they have Coach Lloyd had a video of it, no sound, but a video of them playing. It was black and white, and it rained, and it rained so hard it came through the skylights, and they had towels all over that floor. It does surprise playing. me because all skylights do is leak. I know, but I when Dad would tell that story as I grew up, because they were enclosed right. when I was. A child. And I guarantee you, when he was down in Hampshire, they had buckets out there. Yeah, from time to time. and so I just try to imagine what it would have looked like with. Uh, and some of my favorite pictures I saved um, that I got to take before they tore it down was the ceiling of that gym. Just, wow. just to see it. So that's wow. happy trails. Happy trails. Terry's telling us this. Yeah, he's saying he's saying you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, folks, it's been a great show. We're 